This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Good morning, everybody in your homes. Well, in light of the current situation we face with the coronavirus and all of the implications related to this pandemic, uh, I've decided to press pause on the Leviticus sermon series in order to speak into this moment. And there are many concerns in our world today, and I, I too feel those concerns with you. So I want to begin preaching through some of these concerns that we face. And I've been doing a lot of listening. I've been, I've heard a lot of, from a lot of people. Um, Many people are afraid. Uh, Fears like, will I get the virus? Will someone I love get the virus? Many other fears. So I'm planning to preach on the topic of fear in in the weeks and months to come. Um, what, What can Jesus teach us about facing fear with faith? Um, I've heard many people are worried. There's anxiety. Uh, will I lose my job? Will, I, will my finances hold up? Uh, I prayed with a woman from our church who, who couldn't go into the hospital with her husband who was sick. And uh, what does Jesus teach us about worry? And many of us are facing loss. I've talked to friends in the business community. Um, some businesses have, have closed. Many people have or will lose their job. Uh, Many have lost much of their retirement, and there are many other losses as well. Grandparents who can't play with their grandkids like they they used to, or students who may lose their uh, out on their graduation ceremony, not to mention just the loss of physical connection with others. Many are stressed and overwhelmed. I've talked to friends in the medical profession. My sister is an ICU nurse in Ohio. Uh, my brother-in-law is a, a pediatrician in San Francisco, and they're concerned about overload. Uh, in fact, I have friends in the food industry, uh, and s- serving fruit, food has become incredibly complicated. And Jesus faced overwhelming stress. How did he face it? And many people around the world are suffering just Reading the news gets us in touch with the terrible sufferings people are going through around the world, places especially like Italy. This crisis has put me in touch with the sufferings that we all face. And I hope we can look at Jesus and the Apostle Paul and see how they faced suffering, fear, worry, loss, stress, suffering. These are some of the things that I'm hearing. How can we handle isolation and social distancing? How, how can we listen empathetically? What are some spiritual practices that we can do in this season that's different than any other one? Uh, and how can we make this unique time in history count? The good news is that Jesus can speak directly into these very real concerns that we face. Jesus and his disciples faced fear, worry, loss, overwhelming stress, and suffering. And the scriptures have so very much to teach us about all of these concerns. And Jesus can give us a word of hope and a word of encouragement. You know, next week, I plan to speak from my heart about the lessons I learned when 
my world suddenly fell apart. One day I was fine. And then the next I broke my neck. I suffered a, a spinal cord injury. I was paralyzed from my shoulders down and I became a quadriplegic. I faced death. I faced fear. I faced worry. I faced loss. I faced grief. I faced suffering. And I continue to live with a great deal of pain and loss and suffering. And yet I have seen God's work in, in the most amazing ways. These are difficult times for all of us, but I truly believe we will get through this time. So I'm pressing pause on Leviticus, and today I want to begin a new journey by reflecting on the, on the Lord's blessing from Numbers chapter 6. Why? Well, we've been in, in this journey for a while now. We've been looking at highlights from Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus. And, and we have seen how God is the God who delivers. He, God delivered Israel out of slavery into Egypt. He brought them to Mount Sinai. He gave them the Ten Commandments. And then he commanded them to build the tabernacle. And then in Leviticus, where we tipped our toe in, God gave them the laws uh, related to the worship of the tabernacle. But then right after he indwells the tabernacle, God actually sends Israel into the wilderness. And the wilderness is a highly symbolic place in the Bible. The wilderness is the place where Israel experienced the testing of their faith. But it was also a time when they experienced God's blessing. God's blessing at the beginning and God's blessing at the end. The first thing, think about this, the first thing God does before he sends Israel into the wilderness is he blesses them. He blessed Israel before they went into the wilderness. And because we're entering a time in the wilderness of this coronavirus pandemic, with all of its uncertainties, I want to begin our journey by reflecting on the Lord's blessing. It is God's heart. It is his will. It is his desire to bless you. And it is my deep desire that you would experience the blessing of God as we face this current challenge. So get ready to be blessed. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are present with us right here in our homes. I pray that you would fill, anoint, and empower us with your Holy Spirit. May you bless us. May you keep us. May you guard and protect us. May you shine your face upon us and be gracious to us. May you smile upon us and give us peace. Oh, Lord, bless us today, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Number six, verses 22 to 27, the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This blessing has many titles throughout history. 
It is known as Aaron's blessing because God gave Aaron this blessing to give to his people. It's known as the priestly blessing because the priests traditionally gave the blessing. It's known as the platform, not the greatest title here, but because the traditional way in which the priests delivered the priestly blessing was that they blessed God's people while standing on a raised platform. The, it was also called the prayer of blessing, such as a blessing, it's a prayer, because the priests would traditionally give this blessing wearing a prayer shawl. And then lastly, it's known as the raising of the hands, because the traditional way that the priests delivered the priestly blessing was to raise their hands to bless God's people. And when the priests raised their hands to bless the people, he shaped his hands in a particular way. He shaped his hands in the sign of the Hebrew letter Shin. Now, Shin looks like the letter W. So it would be shaped kind of like this. My hands are a bit paralyzed, so I can't do it exactly. I've kind of modified version of it. Because, and the reason they did that is because it's the first letter of the last word of the traditional blessing, which is shalom. Shin means shah. Shalom. So, let's practice. Any Star Trek fans? How did Spock say farewell? He lifted up his hand, and he shaped his fingers in a particular way. And he said, live long and prosper. Can you do that now? Now, where does this handshape come from? The handshape was inspired by the priestly blessing. The fact that the priests, in fact, the priests put both hands together and would give the blessing in this shape. Two hands together make a larger shin, make a larger W. And it was a symbolic way of remembering the shalom of peace. Can you give it a try right there? Can you give it a try? This blessing has many titles. Aaron's blessing, the priestly blessing, the platform, the prayer blessing, the raising of hands. But here is what is important to understand. The blessing is not from the priests. The blessing is from God. Delivered through the priests. Let's look at the Lord's blessing in Numbers chapter 6, starting verse 22. The Lord, it says, it's the Lord who spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron. It was actually given to Moses, then Aaron, and then to his son saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, this is the Lord's blessing. It's God's idea to bless. It's not the priestly blessing. It is God's blessing upon his people. It is God who wants to bless his people. It is God who wants to bless you. And I want to reflect on the Lord's blessing with you. There are seven words of blessing given by God. 
I want to take a look at each of these seven words of blessing one at a time. And, and you're going to see, by the way, that the Lord's name is named three times in this blessing. And the word bless is mentioned three times in the blessing. So it is a triple triune blessing, full blessing. So first, number one, the first word of blessing, the Lord bless you. The Hebrew word for bless means to have God's favor, to prosper. It's where Spock may have gotten to thrive, to, to flourish. And God is constantly blessing in the Bible. It runs throughout the scriptures. In Genesis, when God created the world, he blessed it three times. He blessed creation. He blessed people. When God called Abraham, he blessed him. And then he blessed the people who would come from him. He blessed Isaac and he blessed Jacob. And then in Exodus, God blessed Moses. He said, I will come to you and bless you. And then at the end of the Torah, we see God's covenantal blessings. When he says all these blessings, and he mentions all kinds of blessings, they shall come upon you. And then Jesus affirmed God's desire to bless his people with good gifts. He says, you know, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more, how much more will our heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? In fact, Jesus's brother James also affirms God's heart to bless and And that the blessings come from the Heavenly Father when he says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Our Father, our Heavenly Father's heart is to bless us. And receiving the Father's blessing is so important. And speaking of a Father's blessing, I remember I so wanted my father's blessing that I literally asked him to bless me. I I invited him out to lunch. I brought a piece of paper and a pencil and I gave it to him and I said, I want you to, dad, I want you to bless me. And uh, can you write down your blessings for me? And God bless him. My earthly father did bless me. But I want you to hear this good news. What's amazing about this blessing from God is that God did not or sorry, the people did not even ask for his blessings. God gives his blessing simply because God wants to give his blessing. Now, I want to make a caveat. Just because God gives his blessing does not mean everything went great for Israel in the wilderness. Just read the rest of the book of Numbers. But it does mean that God's heart is to bless you fundamentally and that God promises to be with us in the wilderness. God's heart is to bless you. The second blessing, may the Lord keep you. The Hebrew word for keep means to watch or guard or protect. It's part of the whole Old Testament covenantal blessings. They include protection uh, like enemies will flee. If they come at you one way, you'll flee seven. You'll escape them. All kinds of blessings of protection. Jesus affirms God's desire to protect in the Lord's prayer when he taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil, deliver us from all that is bad. And when I think of uh, God's blessing to guard and protect, I think of a mother who emailed me this week, and she has a son in the medical profession in California. 
And she asked me to pray for her son. So I sent her back this blessing. I, I emailed her back and I just, I just put every time the word you was in there, I put her son's name. You know, um, may God bless Andy. May he keep Andy. May he shine his face on Andy. Every time we wash our hands, we live in God's blessing to keep us. Every time we cough and sneeze and tightly into our elbows, use social distancing, stay at home, we guard and protect those most vulnerable. We live into God's blessing to keep watch over us. That's God's heart. God wants to bless you with his protection, to watch over you, to care for you. The third blessing, may the Lord make his face shine upon you. Now, what does his face mean? It means his presence. Every Sunday, I, I pray the same prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for being present. And I pray that you would fill us, that you would anoint us, that you would empower us with your Holy Spirit. And I trust that God says yes to that prayer because it is his will to bless us with his presence. God already dwells with us through his Holy Spirit, but we can be assured that God is, so we can be assured God's always with us. But God does not just want to bless us with his presence in general. God wants to shine his presence on us. It's like that song, shine on us, Lord, let your light, let the light of your face shine on us. Isn't it true that there are degrees of presence? A person can be present in a room with you. They can be kind of present uh, or they can fully be present. They can shine their face. So, for example, let, let, let's, let's connect together. Let's, let's have a conversation. Yeah. yeah, feel free to talk to me. I hope you don't mind that I'm looking at my imaginary cell phone right here. Am I present with you? Well, I'm kind of present with you. Um, it's different to have a conversation with someone who's distracted or doing something else and, and maybe looking at their phone versus someone who is shining their face upon you. God does not want to bless us with his presence in a general way in a kind of present way, and I'm in the same room kind of way. God wants to shine, shine his presence, his face upon you. And that is incredibly important as we are facing isolation from one another in this season. You know, one of my all-time favorite books, I highly recommend this book during this season, is Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. He believed God, God's desire was to shine his presence. He believed God wanted to bless him with his presence. And so every day he would practice the presence of God, just being aware that God is actually there with him. And there are stories in that book where he would be so filled with the presence of God 
that he would literally say, God, give, give your presence to someone else because he'd fall over with so much joy. I want that. I want that in my life. And I especially want it now. And I want it for all of us. Living life in the shining presence of God is not a special gift just for Brother Lawrence. It is a gift we can all have. It is God's idea to bless us. It's God's idea to bless us with his face shining presence. God's heart is to bless you with his presence. And we need that when we go into the wilderness. The fourth blessing is may the Lord be gracious to you. And this is the heart of it. The Lord's blessing is a beautiful Hebrew poem. It is written in a poetic chiastic structure. Chi is the Greek letter that looks like an X. And so we see blessed at the beginning and the end and then keeping and peace and closer to the middle and then the face and then the smile on the face and then right at the heart at the center is grace. Grace. This means that the heart of this prayer is grace. The center of this blessing is is grace. The most important gift that God longs to give you is his grace. And the Hebrew word for grace means favor. It's a free gift. It's you cannot deserve it. You cannot work for it. It is free. And because grace is at the heart of this blessing, it means that Jesus is at the heart of this blessing. Because Jesus is the giver of grace. John 1 says that the law came, the Torah that we've been looking at, came through Moses. But grace comes through Jesus Christ. And that's because Jesus is God's gracious gift. He he literally reveals God's grace. And we see that in Romans 3 when it says that God gives us his grace as a gift As a gift. And that gift comes through Jesus. And we receive that gift through faith in Jesus Christ. And I'd like, if you'd like to receive God's gift of grace today, I want to just invite you right there in your home. um, Maybe put out your hands. Just I invite you to put your faith in Jesus today. Invite Jesus into your boat, into this wilderness. And God's gift, it's yours. I invite you to receive God's gift of grace today. God's heart is to bless you with his grace. The fifth blessing, may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The word countenance simply means expression. So what does lift up your expression mean to lift up your expression means what to smile what is the opposite of lifting up your expression pushing down your expression which means to frown you know i looked up frown on wikipedia and did you know that they can teach you literally how to frown uh I started doing that. You start by furrowing your brow and it just made me feel depressed. And then when I started practicing frowning, I even became more depressed. Now, why 
does a frown make us sad? What does a frown mean? When you come into someone's presence and they're frowning at you, (laughs) at you, what does it mean? It means disapproval. So what's the opposite? So what does a smile mean? It means approval. It means I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you're in the room. And God's heart is to bless us with his big giant grin. Because of God's gift of grace in Jesus, we have his approval. We have his smile. He longs to bless us with his smile. Now, the sixth blessing is may the Lord give you peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. What does shalom mean? It means that everything is the way it's supposed to be. Everything's right. Now, take a moment and imagine that. Imagine no conflicts. Imagine uh, everything's right in your relationship with God. Everything's right in our relationship with the earth. Coral reefs are beautiful. Everything's thriving. Imagine everything's right in our relationship with our neighbors. And everything's right in our relationship with ourselves, How we see ourselves, the way God sees us. No more political divisions. No more coronavirus. That's God's for you. God wants to bless you with his shalom. And Jesus is the giver of shalom. You know, I asked the staff to meditate or choose a verse and consider meditating uh, through this season. And so the verse that I chose was John 14, 27. Um, and, and when I Spend too much time looking at Google News and focusing on um, so much uncertainty. This is the verse I go to. Peace. Jesus says it. Peace I leave with you. My peace, not just any peace, my peace I give to you. I want to give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be afraid. Can you imagine our world without trouble and fear? Peace. God's heart is to bless you with his peace. And then lastly, the seventh blessing is traditionally not included in the Lord's blessing, but it should be because it is the completion of, of the blessing. Here's the blessing. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will what? Bless them. A name is a symbol for a person's identity. It's a symbol for a person's identity. So to put my name on something means it belongs to me. So if, I were to, if, if you were to write your name on a book or a piece of clothing or a car title, 
then it belongs to you. It is yours. You know, in Revelation 22, when God's presence comes down from heaven and indwells his people, what he says is they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Such a rich symbol. This is the language of the Lord's blessing in in number six. So for God to put his name on your forehead means that you belong to him. You belong to God. God longs for you to belong. And God blesses you by putting his name upon you. Well, those are the Lord's seven blessings from number six. But before, before God led Israel into the wilderness, God blessed his people and God blesses you. Why? Why does God bless his people? God blesses his people so that his people will be a blessing. That's the call to Abraham. I bless you. Why, Abraham? So that you'll be a blessing. God's people are people who bless. Now, due to the coronavirus, we can't touch anything right now. We can't shake hands. And so I've been trying to turn this negative thing into something positive. So rather than shaking hands, uh, even doing the elbow bump, I am blessing people. I'm blessing them. Now, I'm not always saying, I bless you in Jesus' name out loud. I sometimes say that to myself, but I bless people. I am blessing everyone everything. When I pass this church, I bless, I bless Sunset Church in Jesus' name. I bless, I bless you in Jesus' name. So how can we apply the Lord's blessing to our lives today? One way to apply the Lord's blessing is to pray the, this prayer of blessing every day. And I want to encourage you to pray this blessing for someone Every day this week for seven days, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, protect you, guard you. May he shine his face, his presence upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he smile upon you, give you his approval. May he give you his peace and may his name be on your forehead. You belong to him. You belong So if you're a parent, pray it over your children. And if you're a child, pray it over your parent. If you're an employer, pray it over your employee. And if you're an employee, pray it over your employer. If you're a doctor, pray it over your patient. And patients, pray it over your doctor. If you're a pastor, pray it over your congregation. And if you're the congregation, pray it over your pastor. Pray the prayer of blessing when you wake up and when you lie down. Pray the prayer of blessing when you go out and come in. Pray the prayer of blessing every day for seven days. You know, I've been practicing this prayer every day. Every time I wash my hands, it takes 20 seconds to say this prayer of blessing. And we're all supposed to wash our hands. And every time I get in there to wash my hands and I, I'm looking in the mirror, and so I, wa- I wash my hands, and, you know, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. So let me conclude the way Jesus concluded his ministry on earth. What was the last thing 
Jesus did before he ascended to his heavenly father? What was the last thing he did? Do you know what the last thing Jesus did before he ascended into heaven? He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And what's even more amazing is the scripture says that while he was blessing them, while he was blessing them, he parted from them. While he was blessing them, he was carried up into heaven. He never stopped blessing them. And he has never stopped blessing you. It is God's heart to bless you. So I want to bless all your homes because we're all believers uh, in Jesus. All believers are priests. And because we're all priests, I would like to ask all of us to raise your hands. You can raise your hands like this. You can do the the great priestly uh, hand raise and the letter of a shin. um, And and we're going to bless your homes and we're going to bless everyone in them. And not just with the words of blessing, not just with any words of blessing. We're going to bless with the Lord's blessing so that you may experience God's blessing as we enter this season of wilderness. Oh Lord, may you bless this home in Jesus' name. May you have favor on it. May you keep this home and everyone in it and guard them and protect them. May you make your face to shine upon this home and everyone here. May may they experience the fullness of your presence indwelling the atmosphere of that home. Every room. May you be gracious to this home. May you be gracious to everyone in it. And may you smile when they walk in that door. May they experience a greeting of being welcomed and loved. And and just, I can't wait to see you. I'm so glad you're here. You make me smile. Would you bless their homes with your smile? Would you give them your peace? May everything be the way it's supposed to be in their home. And may you place your name on their head. May their home and everyone in it belong to you. May you bless this home and all God's people said, Amen.